I've sort of over time realised how important beauty is as part of the home. I think it's something that elevates the spirit. You just feel better when you walk into a beautiful space. I think it's something that humans naturally draw sucker from. And I think it's a natural thing, as in you find it in nature. And so bringing some of that beauty to your home, I think is really important. Welcome to House Guest with me, Carol Annett, Interiors Editor at Country and Townhouse magazine. Here I chat to those clever creatives behind the houses, hotels and brands you see in glossy magazines like ours. Guests include interior designers and architects, as well as celebrities dipping their toe into the world of decorating. Today, I'm delighted to be sitting with John Sims Hilditch, who, together with Giles Redman, created Neptune in 1996. They set up a business selling hammocks. And in the first year, I think, John, you sold 5,500 hammocks, which is probably where you expected to sell that much in that first year. I think we were just hoping to sell 10 or possibly 20. <laughs> but then when we sold the first 20, we made another 20. And, and so it went, it went on and, and, and uh, you know, so we ran like fury just to make as many hammocks as we could. And it turned out to be quite a large number, as you say. Now, I have been trying to get you in the hot seat for quite a long time because Neptune has, it's fair to say, become a bit of a beast over the last few years. <laughs> it's evolved hugely, yeah, from where we started with the hammocks. That's right. Yeah. So t- give us a little bit about the journey from 1996 to where we are today. You'd have to break it into a few parts. So we started off in a very simple way in a cottage in Wiltshire on the kitchen table. Charles and I, after mulling a few ideas around, conceived very randomly on this idea of a hammock design for the English garden. And we started making it and took it to Fair, at Fairford Air Show in the summer, July 20, in 1996 sold all the hammocks, made some more, rather like I described, found more fairs and started going to more and more fairs. And a friend of ours said, you seem to have actually quite a good product. Why don't you retail it to other, you know, why don't you wholesale it to other retailers? And the whole thing about the hammock was that it was a very well thought out design because it doesn't. It had its own frame, so you could put it anywhere. That's what um, a very good friend of mine said to me was the clever bit, which I hadn't worked out was the clever bit. You know, we designed <laughs> this hammock well, we made this hammock and I had two kids and one on the way. And so we thought the clever bit was that we put draw cords in the hammock so kids couldn't fall out. But when we'd made this perfect hammock, we did stare at each other and say, how many people do you know have got two trees in the right place? And so this A-frame idea evolved partly from my experience in the jungle where we use an A-frame to keep ourselves off, off the ground and away from the creepy crawlies. So we made this A-frame for one end of the hammock and it actually turned out you could use an A-frame at both ends. So we called this our hang, it, hang anywhere hammock and literally anybody could have one. And I'm sure that was one of the reasons it was really successful was the A-frame, but the hammock as well was wonderful. But every every detail of design was really quite carefully thought out. It's definitely sort of demonstrated right from the start our DNA and interest in design, both from an aesthetic point of view and from a practical point of view, both things. And so Neptune started in the garden, you then moved into garden furniture, you then started looking at kitchens, there's now upholstery and a whole host of other things. But did you meet Giles? Were you both in the army together? No, no. So I was serving soldier, I left. Not a clue what to do, no no understanding of how life outside the military worked. I'd been there for nearly, well, I was there from 18 to 27. So I'd spent nearly 10 years in the military. And my father said, come and work with me. Um, 
which I sort of did with a slight gulp, thinking, I don't know how this is going to work out. Um, what and did I, your father do? Uh, he was, uh, he's a sort of serial, serial entrepreneur, but at the time he was involved in a, an American technology making puncture-proof tyres from polyurethane, which is a high-performance material. And, and immediately I was kind of interested in the technology around it. How does it work? How do we make it better? So design was kind of very embedded in my mind. And I met Giles there, who had a similar mindset. We were both very interested in how to evolve this nascent idea into something better. But we soon felt that actually we needed to go and do something ourselves. So that was how we ended up starting Neptune with not a clear idea of what we're going to do, but we just thought we quite like designing things, we like making things, let's go and do something. And why Neptune? Why the name Neptune? Uh, so the, there were a few reasons around Neptune, and some are emotive reasons and some are practical reasons. So the, the, the practical reason was we wanted a name that was... It was funny because we were kind of thinking quite internationally, even right at the beginning. We sort of thought we want a name that in most languages you would recognise it. We also wanted a name that was two syllables. We thought that was long enough to be listened to and short enough not to understand what somebody was saying. So those are the sort of principles. And then Giles and I both happened to be lovers of the sea. And so we came across Neptune as an idea, not actually realising there are tonnes of other Neptune companies out there. <laughs> it was not an original idea at all. <laughs> But we have sort of owned it since then. So we managed to get Neptune.co.uk at the time. And a few years later, after some hard negotiation with a tough American, we managed to get Neptune.com. So there was some practical and emotive reasons around Neptune. And then, and we have made it our own, I think, as a name. And so Giles is now, is he still a part of it? Or was he taken yeah, a sidestep? No, Giles is still a joint partner. I mean, he possibly a bit less involved, but, you know, he's got, uh, he's still got a strong interest in the business and helps out wherever his help's needed. Um, yeah, he's very keen on making sure it's going in the right direction all the time. And he's gone off and set up Causton. He has also gone off and set up another company, Causton, which is in a similar market, but sort of slightly adjacent to where Neptune sits. So what I love when I come to Blaygrove in Swindon, which is where your main head office is, and a showroom and inevitably always end up spending money. Good. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I love meeting it, people, particularly husbands who say, I will not allow my wife anywhere near your shop because I can't <laughs> leave without parting. With, it is with, very difficult. Yes. Um, I don't know whether it's because of your military background or what, but everything is so well organised systems, sort of neat. It just seems to be kind of different to anywhere else I've been. And then you've got the colour-coordinated vans and the... Yeah. It's it's almost like a tripartite Neptune because there is Giles coming from his perspective, there's me coming from my perspective and there's Emma coming from her perspective. And Emma providing a very, has, you know, for many years provided a very strong creative eye to what we do so emma is your wife who also has an, her own interior design company called sims hildage yes. but she's a creative founder founder yes. of neptune yeah so she still acts as a guide and mentor to our creative team which i won't let her go she keeps on saying i'm off you know i'm busy at sims hildage but i'm saying well we just little few things here that might be helpful she's got an amazing eye so if I can persuade her to help us out occasionally, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful. And then I am, I am a perfectionist and super organised. And I think when you combine the two of beauty and this sort of organisation and perfection and try to make it work, which is, I think, one of the things that you've observed in the Neptune store, that we try to combine these things. So you walk in a Neptune store and it's a beautiful looking place. And that's how we want people's homes to be 
I, you know, I've sort of over time realised how important beauty is as part of the home. I think it's something that elevates the spirit. You just feel better when you walk into a beautiful space. I think it's something that humans naturally draw sucker from. And I think it's a natural thing, as in you find it in nature. And so bringing some of that beauty to your home, I think is really important. But equally, I think if you can have a nicely organised home, it just brings calm and restfulness. And so sort of your shoulders drop. So we try, I think everything we do is combining both and looking at both sides very, very carefully. But I think what you do so cleverly is that there's not just beauty in the finished product. There's beauty when you open cupboard or the larder there's beauty inside the way that the you you've got your crocodile i call them crocodile teeth i don't know what the proper name is we, well there isn't a proper name oh. we call <laughs> we call them zigzags so i mean this is maybe i'll adopt crocodile i quite like the name crocodile um as long as it doesn't bite you but i don't yeah. think they're bitey um no but you're right i mean we that it's the way that the shelves are designed so that you can move the shelves to wherever you want so that them was to a be. deliberate decision i mean you're absolutely right so we we need we we felt that having the practicality of a shelf that you can put it wherever you want it combined with something that was attractive was really important so we resurrected effectively an old idea i mean in in antiques uh, in really lovely antique bookcases you would find this zigzag shelving system and we saw that and thought actually we want to adapt that and make it practical for modern thing because it's brilliantly practical, but it's also beautiful. Mm. And you know, I sort of say it to my company all the time, but I think one of the things that is overlooked is, you know, why does beauty matter and how does it make a difference? And in this day and age, I, I think it'll be, I will surprise people in saying that actually where I think it really connects is with sustainability. Because I think when things are beautiful, they become sustainable. So if you take, say, an Aston Martin DB6, for example, it was a beautiful car and... They are priceless today and every one that was made that is still half working will be restored and put back into as new condition. Why is that? It's not because it's a better car than the latest Aston Martin. It's because it's a beautiful piece of engineering and people appreciate it for its beauty. And so I believe that beauty is central to sustainability, um, which is why I think it's really important that anything that is built or constructed be beautiful because it will encourage future owners to restore it, maintain it. And you, I know you sort of are interested in how we think you know, Neptune has this 100-year idea. And very central to that is this idea of making things that are, at the heart of it, able to last. I think that was sort of fascinated me, that 100-year idea, your sort of approach to design. And the article that I was reading, I think it was a Suzanne Imry interview, was about the gardeners of the 18th century who would design these amazing estates, which obviously they were never actually going to see in their lifetime, no. or the person who put them in. But you're building for the next generation. And I think that's what's so lovely about your approach. And also the fact that if you're building for if you're thinking about a hundred year plan you're not going to make any rash decisions you're going there's not going to be any kind of knee jerk it's going to be um, a considered decision because you because you're thinking long term yes and, and I think it's something you know our entire team enjoys working towards you know that has real purpose and meaning um, and I mean, we all love it every single day which means that we're very we're very encouraged to research ideas develop ideas try and find new, you know new or old ways of doing things that we think have got uh, 
durability that will last. So, you know, when we make furniture, we, you know, we've, we've avoided using MDF and chipboard because at an early stage of the business, we decided that these were not really durable materials. They don't have any um, long fiber strength. If you take something like carbon fiber as an example, it has got long fibers which are bonded in it, and that's why it is strong. But actually, the original long fiber enduring material is wood. You know, the trees are these wonderful long fibers of cellulose, and and it is very strong and very enduring. So we cho choose to make all our furniture with either solid timber or laminated timber in the form of plywood, where we need a flat panel that will stay flat. But what we know by using these materials, even though they're more expensive, is that that is part of the 100-year vision. We know that those those materials can and will last. It might need a bit of care and maintenance. And, you know, so another part of our thinking is not to use surfaces that when damaged can't be repaired. So typically we hand paint everything. And we like hand painting for a number of reasons. One is that you can repair it. Another reason you can change it. But another reason actually is because it brings an element of the unpredictable in because every brushstroke is individual. There isn't a repeated brushstroke ever in a Neptune piece of furniture because it's all done by hand. And those brushstrokes actually mean that the light is always shifting. It's never consistent across a piece of furniture. So it's like a piece of art. And things like the wood on the table is not a, is not a smooth finish. You kind of kept the grains on some of the tables. We, we, we have actually developed a number of finishes. So we have some which are quite smooth so depending on what a customer might choose and some that we make deliberately rough and then we also but I've obviously got that one then <laughs> well and, and I guess it's a, it's a matter of choice but we also choose different grades of timber you know one of the things again we have to talk to customers about is you know we use natural timber and not only that we want it from a sustainable perspective we want to use all of it so when trees grow and they grow branches and those branches create knots and, and it's, it's, there's a risk that people think they would just want wood without any markings in it, but mm. that's, they're, they're kind of missing the point slightly. Yeah, it's you a know, natural the, the beauty, The beauty is in, in the full product and the history and the story is in, is in the full product. So we will select different timbers for different purposes. If, some, if we're trying to make a more contemporary looking table that we want more smoother, then we probably have less knots in it. And what about moving forward? Are you looking at other areas of the, of our lives? Not particularly, yes, yes and no. I mean, there's always opportunities, but I think there's a risk in an organisation that if you go too wide, that you start to lose your focus. And that's what I'm told. So I think I'm quite keen to maintain our focus. I think, you know, in terms of there's so many things we can do in in the area that we currently operate we have already you know the business has evolved a lot from as you mentioned making a hammock to then being very strong leading the garden market to then moving into interiors setting up our own manufacturing because we thought we could do it better than anybody else then setting up our own stores because we thought we could do them better than anybody else we built our own IT system I mean we're a fairly bonkers company there's so many things we do ourselves there is a risk of overstepping the mark. So I actually, I'm actually the one that probably draws lines. Emma's the one who's always trying to step over them you know, <laughs> and say, what about doing cookware or something like that? We could do amazing cookware. We've got beautiful kitchens. Why don't we do the cookware? And I'm saying, no, we're staying on the decorative side of the line. But who knows? You know, there are lots of things. Another area that we've thought about in the past, and you can't say we wouldn't do it, is, is um, clothing. I mean, there's a million people doing it, but we would certainly bring 
a perspective to clothing if we wanted to do it. So the Neptune brand stands for something and could be applied to anything, I think. Um, I think that sounds like a brilliant place to stop. Thank Good. you very much, John. Great. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. You can hear more House Guest on British Airways in-flight entertainment in the audio section, along with our sister podcast, Breakout Culture, with Lord Ed Vasey and Charlotte Metcalf. You can follow me on Instagram at Carol W. Annett.